Welcome to Rain City Supercars. As always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and we're recording live at Drivers Club in front of no audience. <laughs> because Socially just, distancing, though. Yeah, exactly. God, there's a lot of new toys here. I know. Everybody has spent, uh, at Drivers Club has spent their, their quarantine on Bring a Trailer or on their local <laughs> Porsche website or... Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's incredible. Like... Ooh, there's a new uh, BMW. Look at the BMW shoe. Yeah, and a I GT3 like in the corner where I did not expect to see one. Oh, that is an, that is an interesting placement for that car. You're I know. right. We, yes. should, uh, we yeah. should have to ask somebody about that. Yeah. But so. um, yeah, we should tell you. We're still brought to you by Avance, Carter Subaru, and Rainier Beer, and Haggerty. And Haggerty. Uh, short little break to deal with some business. Um, as many of you know in the car community, Amanda has uh, left Drivers Club. And uh, she's one of our best friends, and we wish her nothing but the best in her next endeavor. I'm sure we'll actually end up seeing her more now. The yeah, fact that for she sure. can, yeah. you know, have a little bit more regular life. But uh, we wish her the best in that, and um, it uh, to to a new adventure. So you know, yeah. cheers to that. Look yeah. forward to that. You'll see more of her. I'm sure she's not going anywhere. Yeah, there's going to be photos. So they'll yeah. oh no no not that kind of <laughs> sorry um, sorry yeah yeah. How was your week, man? It's been a good one. <laughs> Let's so see what what I do Saturday. Uh, I don't know what did, what did you do Saturday? Saturday. We had a lot of fun actually Saturday. Uh, we went up in the mountains and did a little shooting, um, which by the way I cleaned my AR for the first time and um, should have done that a while ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe shoot a little less wolf oh, ammo through there. Yeah, God, but it was a lot of fun. And then we went and. Uh, as you know, Dan has moved, and we decided to start building the Dan Garage. And yeah, it's it's a lot it's, of cardboard, a lot of spiders. <laughs> Lot uh, of spiders. A lot of spiders. The screaming keeps me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> We're worried because Dan's got this big uh, shop vac, this DeWalt, and we've been going around his garage vacuum up. And so now the inside of this vacuum, we can only assume is like, you know, it's like an interior. It's like a gladiator arena of spiders <laughs> yeah, exactly. at this point. I swear it's got to be like, on a spider level of scale, it's terrifying, I'm sure, for them. <laughs> Maximus. Yeah. So just pour in a gallon of gasoline. Absolutely. And just, yeah, just light it, it on fire. Away, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it, it was good. Um, we we vacuumed ceilings. Let's put it yeah, that exactly. way. We vacuumed the ceilings of the garage, and it made a huge difference. Yeah. And there definitely weren't parts of the ceilings that came off when we vacuumed them. <laughs> Not at all. Right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, no, I get it. It's by the water. It's by the water. There's yeah. a lot of, I mean, there's some stuff that needs to be done, but it's going to get done, so. Oh, man, we've, I've done so much work to that place. It's been super productive over the weekend, thanks to Nick. I could have not have done it without <laughs> you. Thank you again, yeah. my friend, but uh, my That's God. That's what you get for having a best friend with no girlfriend. Sure, there I can come go. over and yeah, vacuum no your problem. garage. <laughs> Got a truck? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no. That's the reason Cross why. Track. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's been good, though, so I finally have light in the garage, which means I can <laughs> actually start doing projects again in the garage. It, like... Of all the lights in the garage, I had the garage door opener lights and like two LED bu- or fluorescent bulbs that were burning out. <laughs> <laughs> so I replaced all those, added two more. And then we were able to see the ceilings and went, oh, oh. Get, the vacuum. <laughs> get the vacuum now. Yeah. How are we still alive? <laughs> <laughs> that one's bigger than the Porsche, Dan. <laughs> so it was, it was a good time, though. And then um, you finally got a couch. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, there's, it, How it, long ago did I move? Two I months ago? Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> None of my furniture fit. It's, it's, if you guys have not seen or it's dealt with my frustration there's nothing worse than being in a space where it feels like the builder didn't measure anything to <laughs> any scale and so great location but nothing fits anywhere and so i've had to get all new furniture literally like top to bottom because just nothing fits i had really nice stuff and none of it just fit it drove me insane it's still yeah. driving me insane but it's getting better so i don't I, know that new couch is nice so i love yeah, the look new forward couch. To that. yeah yeah so, so life is good um <laughs> people are getting back out there i went out to dinner last night nice wow. where'd like you go out i went to agave in issaquah highlands oh yeah okay yeah which they have yeah it, it was delicious i think everything tastes better now because somebody's serving it to me right <laughs> so <laughs> it's always the way it is though wow that's wow. way really wow. bad <laughs> oh. oh man <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. Good thing you can edit this. Um, <laughs> this uh, food tastes better when the winch brings it to yes. me. <laughs> so, yeah. You can add that in. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's been, it's, you know, I don't know. I was, I was laughing and I was telling the story and I don't want to keep, I know we're a car show. I don't want to keep it too ammo heavy, but I was getting in the, I was getting in the elevator and I had my gun bag, which had my AR and my shotgun in, and I didn't have my mask on because my hands were full. And the lady looks at me and she goes, you're not wearing a mask. And I go, I'm transporting weapons. Do you really want me wearing a mask when I'm doing that? <laughs> She's like, no answer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's illegal to yeah. carry a gun yeah, and wear a mask. Exactly. That's so exactly right. there's yeah. a weird loophole. Right? <laughs> yeah. Coincidence? Hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. I have an interesting Carter Subaru tip of the week this week. Oh, good. This is one of those things I was always... Thank w- God. Finally, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. <laughs> so as I'm looking around the showroom, there's still a few mix of them, but it's like step one of buying your new Porsche. Buy your Porsche, immediately re- remove the really ugly amber turn signals in the front bumper. Yep. That's like step one mm-hmm. when you buy one of those because mm-hmm. they're just hideous. Um, turn signals and then the, the wind buffers... Yeah, because you can't roll down the windows in your car. Yep. Which is awesome. Thanks, Porsche. You still can't, by you the way. Oh. In the 992, they didn't fix that. Mm. So you have to get a hold of your friends at BBI or whoever and get the little wind buffeting thing so that you don't can, don't go immediately deaf on your first track day. Sure. Um, which is a stupid thing. Anyone have the windows down. But anyway, <laughs> grumble, I, grumble, I, grumble, I digress. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, got, I've got stories. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so we've got... Um, I was interested, why are turn signals amber in the U.S.? Um, they're amber pretty much all over the world. The U.S. is a, a minority in the sense that you can get rear, rear signals in red here. Almost everywhere else in the world, they have to be orange. It's simple. You're signaling. Therefore, it has to be an amber color because an amber signal, amble alert, you're alerting the amber. Done. <laughs> Circular sure. argument. Done. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Yeah. It's because of lost children. Done. Bam. Done. <laughs> right. Think of the children. Think of the children. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it is weird, though, that everywhere else you go in the world, everything in the rear has to have an amber turn signal. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere. There's very few places that you can get a red turn signal here. For here, it is completely fashion. It's the only reason they're red in the U.S. is it's more uniform, and people seem to like that here. Uh, even if you have a clear, clear taillights on a car factory, they're still amber in the turn or red in the turn in the U.S. Well, I did a little digging because I was curious why that was. So turn signals that are amber or yellow are 28% more more effective at avoiding crashes than red ones. This is the only data we have on this is from 2008, but not a lot has changed since then. So that's probably still really accurate, uh, except we have more people on the road. Um, Preliminary findings that even if you don't have them on, just having an amber colored lens in the back, still 5.3 less likely to be hit from the rear because it it breaks up your vision. Really interesting stuff. Well, I mean, also, like, and I've never actually seen a red turn I'm sure I have, but, yeah. like, a red turn signal makes me think that, like, your flashers are on. Mm-hmm. Not Corvettes. necessarily, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There, you, there you go. C6 is, C6 okay. is mm-hmm. especially, that was, yeah, a, yeah they have red. Okay. Um, kind of weird, but it was just an interesting fact. That's why. Um, <laughs> but when you swap them out, think of that. A lot of guys go to that, they like that fashion look of just having all red across the back. And with their belt, when you do the bulb swap. Stick to amber. It does work. It's, it's safer. I know you guys are thinking, I mean, unless you got like a limited then, use show car. But and then people are tinting their rear lights. <laughs> I've never understood tinted headlights. I don't, I, no, I'm tinted. laughing at you. I didn't know what you're talking about. Mine, <laughs> mine are not tinted in the rear. My, my rear reflected. Your BMW. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah. okay. I mean, this doesn't apply to BMW I drivers. Said I, don't, don't even, I said I don't understand anyway. those people because I'm not one anymore. Let me finish my statement. <laughs> oh, I've done the same thing. No. I'm just yeah. messing with you. <laughs> just so we're clear, I bought those that way. Uh, well, did I? No, I don't know if I did. I don't, yeah. I don't think I did. I think they were LED and then we covered them. But yeah, other than that, I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but actually, a lot of LED. Rear LEDs are going to be red as well in a lot of cars. But yeah, it's so think of that. I mean, 28% more effective. That's a pretty good thing. I've been rear-ended four times, twice by drunk drivers. Hmm. Twice, oh. the two times I got rear-ended by drunk drivers, it totaled both cars. They're a piece of 
anyway, but you know. Dan, getting drunk and rear-ending, running your car backwards into a wall is not, <laughs> it's not being rear-ended by a drunk done, driver. Ever. <laughs> I hit myself as the wall didn't move. <laughs> so, yeah. Sure, Dan, whatever. Bump to, bump to yeah. stop? No. <laughs> bump to stop. <laughs> anyway, that's your Carter Super Tip of the Week. That's why turn signals are orange in the rear in every part of the world except for us, and that's because we prefer fashion over safety. Yeah. we got to look good. American. Give, helps other people. <laughs> That is such an American thing. America. Yeah. This makes me feel better. Go with it. But the facts say, I don't care. I'm angry. The ones I get a kick out of, and I think it was like, I remember when like was it was at APC, the lighting company and things like that. And oh, like yeah. The American and, Products Corp. And, and, and they, were, they were all like clear. Uh-huh. And then you had like orange bulbs, but you mm-hmm. could barely see your red bulbs. And it was, it just, it looked, and you put it, and then see people would t- put it on a white Integra and you couldn't tell like where the light was and where the car was. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Simple one. Yep. But now you know. You want to introduce our guest <laughs> the today? The more you know. Do I want to? <laughs> I can. Oh, like coach, to. go ahead. Kirk yeah. Meyer, welcome to the show. Hi. It's great to have you, Captain Kirk. Holy crap, there's oh somebody God. else here. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> okay. So we came up with an idea. Um, <laughs> Kirk, he's, he's wearing a shirt that says famous race car driver, and the word famous is crossed out. And I told him he needs to make a shirt where race cars driver or race cars crossed out, and the word driver has a question mark on it. <laughs> th- you know, put it that part would of it. be you, appropriate. You make shirts, so why not? There you yeah. go. Make so that no. happen. Yes. You make shirts, you paint helmets, you take awesome photos. Mm-hmm. Um, you worked for a small startup here. Underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Um, Done it. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> he raises weasels. Um, <laughs> you could call my dog. He that. collects small bits of string like I do. That's how we met. Um, <laughs> touch my Russian dolls again, Nick. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, he, nobody does that. That's weird. Yeah. So. Do a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for bringing us your uh, a little bit of uh, your portfolio. We saw some people we know in your photos there. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome picture of James not crashing his Mustang yeah, on the track. Yeah, there's a Mustang on <laughs> oh, track. God. I don't get that. Like, I mean, well, see, the key there is there's nobody around except me. And I, he's yeah, used but, to I mean, seeing the car's me coming right at you. I mean, it's just, I mean, <laughs> you drive a Mustang. You understand that you're not in control I, of your own car. Th- that's true. But if there are no people around to hit, that's like Fair a enough. tree fall in the woods. Does that make I, sense? I got you. <laughs> no okay. crowds to hit. Will it? It looks like he's cornering well. Yeah. It also looks like his tires are about ready to roll off the rims. So, yeah. <laughs> you got If you've ever driven with James, James Dunis is who we're talking about. Um, good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen him drive, there's a, that guy knows how to handle a Mustang. Yes, he does. Really, really well. And watching him push that car to the limit is just fun to, it's fun to watch from the outside, mm-hmm. um, let alone with him, of course. So, shout out to that. We kid, but we like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest, we like his wife more. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, tell, are you a local uh, Washington guy? Did you I grow up here? I Seattle, born and bred. One okay. One of the few. One of the few. Uh, okay. <laughs> you stayed? Yeah. Uh, you know, you grow up having great, you know, ideas of grandeur and go away to college and set out on your own and went to college in, in Walla Walla a long time ago and moved back about five miles from where I grew up. Just, it's a beautiful place to live. See, it's the prisons are getting better schooling programs. I this is that, proof yeah. it right here. I mean, it's just nice. Hey, Walla Walla is gorgeous. Yeah. Now. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true, uh, actually. In the, in the mid to late 80s, it was not as beautiful as it, was, as it is now. There yeah. was, uh, Coal was the only winery in town at that point. Yes. Uh, the town shut down, literally shut down at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Yep. And, and nothing was open. Uh, the stoplights turn blink. off yeah. and yep. they just yeah. blink. Uh, I remember that, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very, very small town back then. Mm-hmm. That's a booming town now. We were just over there not long ago for a friend's birthday, and man, great food, great wine, yeah. beautiful roads right outside of town. Yeah, oh, man. None, of the, none of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Most of that food's still on my hips. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Both, yeah, we, we joke. I posted a picture from that dinner because it was really good. My trainer immediately got mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't True that story. he got mad at you. It was that Shauna didn't know who he was mad at, and you're like, he's mad at me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was funny. So, so you went to school over there, came back over here. Like Dan said, you went to a little startup. Um, uh, did a little bit of everything. So, <laughs> the uh, the disappointing child in uh, in college uh, started out in the engineering program, going to just dead set on designing cars. I had done automotive design and drawing and just anything I could with cars from the time I can remember. And uh, got to college and had the uh, great awareness to figure out that I absolutely hated math. My sophomore year, when I was two years into my engineering I program. I figured that out really early in yeah. life. <laughs> well, I'm a little dense. First grade. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and probably the, the only one ever to call their mom and say, hey, I'm dropping out of the engineering program, and I'm going to be a fine artist and have her be excited about it. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Supporting <laughs> parents, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I went from engineering to fine art, and uh, just after graduation, obviously, you do anything you can to survive. And so I have designed athletic sportswear, children's stationary products. I've done ad art. I've done fine art. I, you know, so anything I could to, to make it work, and then... Uh, digital design. Hell, I was still doing T-shirts back then by hand with pen and ink. So when when digital design came up, uh, yeah, I have to be involved in this and hooked up with a friend who was doing a little bit of it for a family friend, and he kind of taught me the ropes with web design and all that kind of stuff, and that led to a, a friend of mine buying an intera- or starting an interactive company in Northern California. In fact, my college roommate and the drummer in the band I was playing in, in college. <laughs> There's uh, always a band. There's always a band. Always story. a band. Yeah. Uh, and terrible hair at the end of the 80s. Uh, but uh, <laughs> It'll come back. Yeah. Uh, so just making a living, doing whatever I possibly could. And the digital design uh, turned into some interactive work for uh, Seth out of Moonstone Interactive in California. Uh, which then I'm going to take this all the way to, to, yeah. to now. And, uh, okay, just remember, because we're coming back to this child stationary thing, because I want to oh, know, totally. is Absolutely. it important to put the Hello Kitty on the bottom of the page or the top of the page for kids stationary? I think I've still got the brand guidelines at home. So okay, good. <laughs> I just want to know. For, Somebody I mean, in San ask, Rio is going Asking for a friend. Uh, <laughs> continue. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so the working for the interactive company, I uh, was playing music with a friend who was at Microsoft at the time. And uh, he got us a gig through MSN uh, doing uh, Music in High Places, which was a music webazine that uh, A-list artists would go play in the Bahamas or Chile or Mm. wherever. And then we would build the site around the production, you know, 640 by 480. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we would build this little webazine, and it was, I think, monthly. And so that was my first introduction to Microsoft. And then through that, you know, ended up contracting there and then being there for a very, very long time. (laughs) The tick is gone, by the way. Microsoft's a very different place then than it it is now. Very different. (laughs) Very different, yes. So that was, uh, I think I hired in full-time, what, 2005? Something like that, yeah. if not a little bit before that, with the contracting. And I did a internal and external and was with the ad agency of record for a while and then was in again. And then, yeah, so did that whole thing. And then finally <laughs> ended up FDE, and that lasted for quite a while. Cool. Nice. 
Eh, it was happens to a lot of people a, around here. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, originally a two-year experience or experiment to see how I'd like working in corporate because mm-hmm. I'd always been in little small mm-hmm. kind of design kind of whatever. It's always it was. good to and take something creative and put them in a box. <laughs> yeah, here's your cubicle. Like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know the the interesting thing that that taught me though was <laughs> designing within parameters is a skill. Yeah. Oh yeah. And once you have some you know some walls around you, that's where the like a lot of creativity can actually happen is what can you do in that little confined space? And then, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Understood. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I I actually am doing that exact thing right now. I literally just started a spec sheet paper for work because Microsoft Mm -hmm. and I'm doing the exact same thing and it's pulling my hair out because it's trying to, I'm like, all right, I have this list of features that I need. That's like pages long. And I'm like, Oh, they're like, okay, reduce it to a paragraph. (laughs) I'm like, uh. <laughs> That's easy. We need all the things listed in the under this paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Bam. Done. Done. Got it. I told you what I needed, and it's on the paper. Yeah. What's our budget? I need like 15 mil. How about 150,000? Okay. okay. <laughs> sure. We can start. <laughs> that paragraph will pay for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go cry on our first break, and I'll be right back. <laughs> Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. We were talking about child stationery <laughs> and your other amazing d- design feats of your life. <laughs> Crowning achievements. I don't think people yeah. understood. Like this, you, you were going through your whole resume, and Dan oh, and I were them. so stuck on the th- we're like, I'm like, wait, what? I'm, wait, I'm waiting until a break because we're talking. Did it come with a sticker pack? Yeah. I mean, just, tell oh, me yeah, more. Yeah. Lots of lessons during that period. Not a lot of good stories. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. So. Not a lot of positivity in that environment. Well, I mean, eventually you you kind of realized that you you were you were starting your hobby of, of photography, right? Well, at Microsoft or not even. Oh, uh, was a fine artist, painter, sculptor. Uh, I have friends who I am fascinated with their skill and what they can see uh, in terms of urban photography. This this same person that I worked for, uh, who wouldn't I don't think necessarily call himself a photographer. I've always been stunned by his eye, mm. and he is able to see urban scenarios and scenes. And, and I just don't see that. Okay. And it really wasn't until uh, I started getting back into racing, uh, I was doing endurance racing. And you had raced as a kid? Or you, as I, a young I, I'd spent some time around cars as a kid and got a chance to run some carts and some wheel and that kind of thing, just really, really, really informally. Um, and uh, so I got back into it after a huge hiatus, and there's a nice, there's a fun story there. Uh but I'm in kind of an A-type, and if I'm only going to be in the car for four hours, four hours out of a total of 18, I'm not the type that can just sit in a chair and, well, there's a car go by. There's a car go by. I can't do that. Yeah. And so I had Another to do, left turn. Yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, I'm <laughs> yeah, not in the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I had to do something. And so I figured, let's grab a cheap camera and see what I can do. And stuff started turning out pretty good, and I was getting kind of close to what I had in my head and what I'd seen elsewhere and others do. Uh, and then uh, what kind of sparked it for me was someone like, hey, that's pretty good. Can I buy that? 
Yes, you can. <laughs> it's always been for sale. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm yep. a professional photographer. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so it 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 just kind of started being a hobby, seeing what I could make out of this new medium that was this little device. Um, and of course, starting out, everything I did was photoshopped within an inch of its life to try and <laughs> capture what I was actually had in my head, but didn't have the which is a whole skill other skill to pull to off. Learn. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, being a visual artist, I'd been in Photoshop for years and years and years and years, so that was still pretty, something to learn. Pretty though, easy yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the it, it took quite a while, you know, and <laughs> a huge journey and a ton of work to get to a point and several years to get to a point where I was finally capturing what I had in my head and what I thought was a, you know, a product worth delivering to anybody. Cause I, I'm very particular about the products that I produce and the work that I do. And if I'm not happy with it, it's not going out the door <laughs> to this, to this day. We did not take that approach with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about ourselves and pontificate? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound like we're doing this in a cave when we started? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. The equivalent in photography Understood. terms was me. Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, so it, it just started there, and it really wasn't going to be a thing still. I mean, I'd never considered being a photographer in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and was pit crewing for a low-budget endurance team, my, my primary team now, uh, at Laguna Seca. And Tom Pritchett from Turn 2 Lapping was one of the drivers yep. that day. And he happened to make a, a really well set up pass for the lead uh, coming through four, five, and up to six. Uh, and I captured the whole thing as a sequence. And so the, the story is, is that later on in the day, uh, he is on the headset coaching a, a newish driver to the team or, or someone that had never driven Laguna Seca before. Uh, and he kind of leans over and says to me, you know, I want those pictures. And being the smart aleck that I am, I'm like, well, pff, what's it worth to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Don't know if you don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and under his breath, I, mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but under his breath, he goes, well, I'll coach you. And he knew I'd been kind of thinking about getting back into the car. I hadn't at that point. And I the was fish just is picking. on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the speech bubble is still hanging in the air as I'm yelling, sold, sold, sold. Yes, I'm in. And his partner, Skip, at the time, kind of looks over and he goes, he doesn't do that. So very uh, graciously said, absolutely. And uh, he and I worked out a deal uh, that essentially I would come out and photograph his events. And he would spend some one-on-one -on -one time with me in the car. Sweet. Yeah. Which he could probably use some of your photos to show you what cars were doing in the turns and things he like that. He could yeah, okay. as well. Yeah. Uh, Good teaching aid. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the, the interesting bit that I didn't quite get when signing up for this is, one, it was going to be a boatload of work. Uh, <laughs> it was going to take me uh, a good year to figure out how to deliver what people what I thought I could deliver as a product to his customers that would be valuable that they would enjoy and, you know, really take away from a track day or an HPDE experience huh. uh, as something that they would cherish and really, you know, be worth any money, let alone, you know, good <laughs> money. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of that coin was I was unaware at the time that the uh, the cars that we would be 
driving to teach me how to drive would be a uh, factory Ford FR500S race car uh, and a retired stable of ASA stock cars anywhere from 400 to 550 horsepower on slicks. Fun. Nice to have access to. Here's, yeah. a, here's a fire. Go ahead and jump in. Yeah. So, yeah. Why well, start at the bottom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miata. Yeah. Anybody yeah. can drive one of those. Spike Miata. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely a, uh, uh, a trial by fire. And uh, there were uh, many days where there was terror involved. Um, And probably one of the happiest days of my life was uh, the day that we came into the paddock after a, you know, 20 minute or half hour session or whatever it was. And I didn't have to answer the question, do you know what you did wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Because before that, most often I was having to answer that question sitting backwards in turn eight or, you know, four wheels off outside of 11 (laughs) or, you know, and uh, he was very gracious and very calm with me uh, up into the the one situation where uh, we're in the FR and it's raining hard and I'm still new. And this is a championship winning. This is the championship winning of the Mustang Challenge for, I believe it was 2010. So this is an important car. Yeah. And here I am, this, you know what, just trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing in this. Newbie thing in the rain in a, win- a winning car. In yeah, a winning okay, car, yeah. yeah. What could go wrong? Uh, and so we come out of 8B at the ridge, and the car is pushing. Duh. <laughs> it's raining. Uh, so what do I do? But I go back to my old bad habits, which is well, I lift a little bit, set the nose. Well, as soon as I do that, yeah, yeah, round it comes, and I'm already back in the throttle mm-hmm. by the time I figure out that the back end's coming around. And so I'm going backwards up towards the turn 10 station in a championship winning race car uh, in the rain with the fogged up cabin. And I, the only saving grace was I've shot from that position a hundred times. So I knew how much room I had between the turn station and the barrier on the backside of seven. And I'm driving the car with the left, uh, the driver's side mirror and the rear view mirror in between the turn station because I'm now on grass. So I'm on slicks on grass in the rain (laughs) backwards up towards the turn 10 station. Uh, Yeah, that was a little terrifying. Uh, Got it to stop. And I will always remember Tom, you know, we came to a stop and the car just kind of lurched a little bit. And he looks over and he goes, yeah, and both arms are, yeah. <laughs> we're not dead. <laughs> we're not dead. You didn't wreck my car. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. Exactly. Uh, I can release the seat with my butt now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So there, there was much celebration in the passenger seat of that car uh, on that day. That's a pretty good story. Especially, uh, you know, so what you're saying is you're so good you can drive a race car backwards. Backwards in the rain blind. Yeah, there yes. you go. See, right. I mean, not what I'm, you know. <laughs> the art of racing in the rain backwards and blind. Yeah. <laughs> We, 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 we do, I, mean, I don't know if we're going to get to it this episode, but we need to have you tell us how you taught Carl everything he knows. Too. Right, that's uh, true. Well, that is a true story. I'm, I'm aware so. of it. It's a true story. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he tells everybody he would be nothing without you. As yes, so, he should. Yeah, so, I mean, it's good. I think that's what he's telling. We, nobody can understand him. It's tough. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope everybody on the podcast is in on this story, by yeah, the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are now. <laughs> if you don't know Carl, we can't understand him and his breath smells like curry. Especially he's on Monday nights. He's only been on the show like three <laughs> times, right. so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he was on Dan's dock earlier this month. Or, That's right. Or, yeah, so, yeah. It's all over my dock. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, we're going to hell. It's going down We're going to know everybody there, though. That's the good thing. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll be nice. a good company. So, how did, you, uh, how did you even get 
I mean, you said you been racing carts at a young age, so we know that. <laughs> but like, how did you get into racing? How did you make the the formal transition? Was it just like a natural progression for you of just your whole life, or was just not necessarily? No, hadn't really just dropped cars uh, when I went to college, and you know, I had POSs from you know here to next Tuesday through that whole period. Uh, but didn't really, I was always enthusiast, but I'm a fine artist. I'm, I have no money. So, make <laughs> <laughs> that uh, real clear for everybody out there. Yeah. So let's remember that statement from the show for all my artist friends. <laughs> so, well, uh, you're either an artist or a starving artist. artist. Those yeah. are the only two things yeah. you can yeah. be. Yeah. So, and yeah. at that point, the starving was in capital letters. Sure. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so, really didn't consider, you know, getting back into racing. Always watched it, loved it, you know, studied the sport, especially the, you know, the European uh, sports cars, et cetera. Um, but never considered getting back into it until, ironically, I bought a Mustang. Ah, there <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, and then joined a uh, the Mustangs Northwest. Uh, was active in the club for a while, and one of the the members uh, knew that I was mechanical, and I'd worked on all my own cars forever, uh, and loved racing. And she's like, "Well, you know, I'm driving with this team. Why don't you come out and pit crew for us?" Yes, cool, absolutely. Yeah. So jumped at the chance to do that. Uh, pit crew for him out at the ridge. Great group of guys. It was clear to me. I think pretty much from the first. Uh, time I'd met this group this is low buck fun stuff so this is like we are not talking IMSA we are talking low buck fun Uh, I think it was chump car at that point or champ car now um uh a step above maybe lemons and a step below you know yeah but anyway so she invited me out to pit crew great group of people knew what they were doing and why they were there and kind of had it together the car ran like clockwork and they were up at the front of the pack and it was just a great experience and so the the thing that brought me to laguna seca from the earlier story uh was the same team i get a chance to go pit crew for a race car at laguna seca hell yeah i'm in so i went down there and did it with uh, you know pit crewed for them and some at some point during that period, I approached one of the principals with, if I'm going to get back into racing, this is, I mean, low barrier to entry, no licensing. I mean, literally, it is a free-for-all in the series. Good, bad, ugly. Yeah. Racing, yeah. yeah, whether you like it or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, if I'm going to get back into it, it's probably at a level like this, you know, to get my feet wet and, you know, if I'm going to do anything else with it sure this is a great great place to do it but an even better group of people that kind of knew Which why they more, were there it can be more important absolutely yeah. the most important thing uh and so i approached one of the principals you know what do you think about me getting in the left seat great do it on your dime you're not testing in our car it'll depend on your talent okay <laughs> So, so much for the free pass. Right. <laughs> so the, the, the serendipity to the whole thing was that story with Tom and I at Laguna Seca two months later. And that kind of started the ball rolling. And it was seven months, eight months after the initial thought of getting back into the race car. I was in the race car at the Ridge for a, I think it was champ car race. I think it was chump car back then too. Um, since then, uh, the teams that I run with are pretty much exclusively Lucky Dog. Um, and it, I haven't looked back. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I mean, you know, it, it, if you love something, and I, I think it's interesting that 
everybody thinks that you can go out and race, you know, if you want to race. And you yeah. could, you know, yeah. like you said, you got to have the right training. You got to have, there's, there's some pure talent in there. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's a different thing, but uh, it's kind of cool that they, they gave you the opportunity. Yeah. If you had to prove yourself. So, and, and that's, that's true for this group. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the series, the Lucky Dog Series, and this is Lucky Dog Racing League, not necessarily doing an advertisement for them, but Kathy does a fantastic job with the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a low barrier to entry, low buck fun amateur racing series, and she is trying really hard to keep it that way. Uh, the interesting bit to that is you will have people with decades of racing experience on one hand, and you will have people on the other end who've not only never been in a race car, have never seen a race track or a race. Yeah. And it is very interesting sometimes. I bet. Uh, just like driving what? on the freeway, it's uh, easy. Turn signal. I feel safer on the racetrack <laughs> than I do on the freeway. But uh, <laughs> even then, there are moments of sheer terror in there where you think, this is, I've been doing this for, you know, which is a minuscule amount of time compared to, you know, people who do this for a living and have done it for decades. But I take it very seriously. I've trained very, very hard, done a ton of homework, done a l- thousands and thousands of hours of sim work, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours in the cars. Working with Tom, I drive every possible car I can get in of every configuration. <laughs> Anybody has anything to drive, I'm in it. I think that's something that a lot of people miss, and I know I did initially when I was getting into cars more and more, and the fact that if you want to be a race car driver, you get in a race car and you race. Yeah. There's so much outside of the car. I mean, we were laughing about some of the, the pre-track meetings and things like that, mm-hmm. the people going on with their stories, but there's the, you're talking about your homework. There's so much you need to do. And, I mean, a lot of times, and a lot of people don't see this a lot with F1 but because they don't film it all the time, but these drivers get out and they walk the courses. I oh, mean, yeah. You have, I mean, but that's Absolutely. something that people don't understand. It's not just getting in the car. Running laps and figuring out how the, ca- the cars are performing, mm-hmm. you're on the right tires, right engine, things like that. That's yep. important. Yep. But it's something I didn't even know. It's like, yeah, you should get in a race car. If you have talent, you have talent. Great. If you don't, but <laughs> it's, there's, yeah. a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reading. That's probably why I was never a race car driver. Well, there's, there's <laughs> so much to driving, and you know, I'm not going to try and come off as some kind of expert in this regard, but uh, there's so much to racing that is about nuance. Mm-hmm. It's the nuance of... Exactly. How rude. <laughs> the fire department agrees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so much about you know the the state of the track, the particular nuance of a corner or the, the 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 camber, that one little bump, and how the chassis relates to that one little bump in a particular portion of the corner that you may or may not want to be on throttle or brake. You know, so there's there's all those little things. But then uh, what I find the biggest indicator of success is just state of mind and mental prep. Why are you there? You know, are you there to, you know, kill them all and take no prisoners? Well, you're going to be tearing up some sheet metal. Uh, <laughs> at least that's my opinion. Grass, gravel, and sheet metal. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, black, good, brown, bad, bad. in yeah. all cases. <laughs> um, but uh, so for me, I drive for six teams, uh, you know, in the Northwest region. Um, I'm driving other people's cars. Mm-hmm. And number one, I need to respect those people's property and and <laughs> they're allowing me Somebody's to do gotta this. Somebody's got to fix it if you crash. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I recently wrote a little article for Circuit 94 magazine in Portland, The Art of Driving Other People's Cars. And it really <laughs> is just know why you're there, what your goals are, what the expectations of the the car owner or the team are, 
and, and work within those parameters. Now, I can be fast as hell and burn the car down in session one in the first two hours of a race, and my teammates have nothing for the rest of the day. Or right. we're changing a set of tires, and that costs more. Or we're burning up brakes, and that's an extra stop. Or, you know. So you have to be aware of the entire situation that you're in and be respectful of everybody else involved in your situation. Okay, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Would your driving style be different if you owned the car? I may take more chances. Okay. So that's not the answer I expected. Because <laughs> in my mind, if I own the car, I'm sitting there thinking about what the brakes are going to cost me, what the tires are going to cost me, and things like that. It's kind of a twofold answer. So I may, more, I may take more chances because I know I have X, Y, and Z to be able, or I have facilities to be able to fix the car if need be. Sure. Uh, I know exactly how much everything costs. I know what my, my risk factors are. I know what my, you know, return on investment for that move is. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of that. Yeah. So with me, I don't even want to think about any of those things. I just don't want those to happen. <laughs> and so I'm going to do what I can, what's within my power, to not have that happen. Um, now, when we're talking about the span of talent in the series that I run in, and the, spear, or the, the, the span of... Uh, <laughs> Just knowledge and lack of thereof. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. trying to be very tactful about what that's, I was going to say, okay. but yes, yeah, thank you. Um, you can't always predict, and you can't always prepare for every eventuality because right. there are things out there that just will blow your mind. You can be on the track where you want to be, and if somebody who doesn't know how to race wants to be in that spot, yeah. My most recent story uh, had no real close calls this last weekend, which was fantastic. Uh, at Pacific several weeks ago, I was in a... Uh, Porsche 931, which is a glorified European spec 924, running an Audi five-cylinder turbo with yeah. aero. Okay. This is a potent little machine. Yeah. So we're running 133s around Pacific, which is decent. Yeah. Um, I'm doing 135 at start-finish, and looking ahead of me, and there is someone in a who thought it was a great idea to run a 1964 Ford truck on a Crown Vic chassis. <laughs> And call it a race car. <laughs> um, if that was on the street, that's, that's totally super drive. interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome on the street. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Unfortunately, didn't make for much of a race car. But he, it was clear he was off pace and not sure what was going to go on in turn one at Pacific. Uh, made a, bro- he hit the brakes at Apex. Then made a hard, I was, yeah, yeah, hard wheel change to the inside yeah. towards the wall. And then got out of it and drifted to the outside. Well, meanwhile, I'm watching this, and I'm making decisions. Sorry, I'm snapping my fingers. uh, Making decisions at light speed about what I think this guy's going to do. Now, I've already made three different corrections based on what his truck has done. done, And finally, I can't figure it out. (laughs) There's just nothing I can do to figure out what this guy's going to do. Time to break. And I am hard on the brakes. And... About halfway to him, I am already trying to figure out if I can fit the car between the turn station at two and the end of the drag strip so I can come on the outside of turn two yeah. uh, going down the hill. And uh, all the while afraid he's going to overrun and slide and out. And he is yeah. going to somehow get in that space as yeah, well. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so the, the mind is going a million miles an hour. Somehow I figured out how to get the car under control and wrestle it to a, I think I was going 62 miles an hour. Uh, at the apex of turn one by the time I got to him from 135. But 
there are some things that just are absolutely out of your control, but you do your best to mitigate them. Uh, or you start writing big checks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's how you end up crawling out of a car, beating the crap out of a guy with a Crown Vic truck. I mean, just saying. <laughs> with a wrench. With a wrench, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dominic Toretto. <laughs> and, <laughs> and throw I it in there. I definitely don't want this to come off like I don't appreciate uh, – new people coming into the no, sport because no, 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 that is not. absolutely what this, this, this series that I run in is about. And I think it's fantastic. And would I have got back into racing uh, after 30 years, you know, not doing anything in motorsports uh, if I had to license and train and get check raced and, you know, run through the hoops that say an SCCA or other organizations would require? Mm-hmm. Probably not. I was reading an article once that kind of surprised me, and I don't know who it was written by, and I've got to find it if I can. And it was a, it was a race car driver talking about the fact that they thought that they ran some better laps when they had people on the track. He said, anybody can get on a track and, oh, yeah. and, and run and run a great lap. Mm-hmm. He said, but some of my best laps have been with people where I'm having to navigate around somebody and still try to keep that pace, and, which yeah. surprised me because I'm thinking, again, ignorant mind of like, open track, don't have to worry about yeah. anybody. You can, you can put the car where you want it kind of thing. So It's, it's always challenging with traffic. Uh, I had a fun restart this last weekend uh, where we were in position for a podium. I was running the last hour of the race. I think we were in third, and the fourth place was 12 seconds back. We got about a you know half hour left in the race. Okay, I can manage this. this yeah, good lead. I'm just going to yeah. be fine. Stay paced. You're good. Just slow uh, down. That worked for Ford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and sure enough, full course yellow. Mm. So now we got a restart, and he's not 12 seconds back, but he's two cars back. Right. Uh, and the way that they, you know, the pace car picked up the first place car, there are 12 cars between, you know, first, second, then 12 cars, and then me. And so I've <laughs> got to make time through all these guys. And just luck of the draw or whatever strategy, whatever it was, made it through and behind me got held up. So that's the luck of the draw. Sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. God, I was going there. I was going somewhere else with the story, but anyway. You were going to the front of the pack is what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> no, but uh, what I was going to say is sometimes traffic can help you and sometimes it can hurt you. And I know for a fact just by looking at lap times and watching video uh, from the cars, I'm so much faster with a rabbit. If there's somebody out in front of me, oh, baby, it's on. Uh, if I don't have anybody or, somebody, God forbid, somebody talk on the radio or, you know, ask me, well, what's the temperature of the car? Two seconds are gone. <laughs> it's one of the things I, I can't have to do work both. That's exactly right. Exactly. I'm yeah. a simple man. Don't make me think while if I'm driving. If you want these things, put it in a heads-up display on the windshield, <laughs> and I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, we do the same thing. Even like when we do our rallies and stuff, it's like once we get the crew, it's, it's usually not the first hour. It's like the second hour into a really hard day driving. We're talking middle of nowhere rally stuff. You get this, everybody kind of ends up whether they want to or not, they end up in groups Mm -hmm. who kind of drive like they do. It's really fun, but we all push each other relentlessly, (laughs) relentlessly. I had one, it was uh, our good friend Davis in his GT4 came in, me and my Turbo S and Carl chasing. And there was one man, (laughs) we came through a sideways and I was like, this car saving me because I'm not. And sure enough, my, my car saved me, not me. But it's like, man, when you're trying to follow somebody, and Davis uh, definitely had the downforce advantage, which he used <laughs> in the GT4. Yeah. And it was, man, it's good times, though, and you've got a good group of people. It's just it's nothing more acceler- more exhilarating than having, uh, like, that little pack, and you guys are all kind of oh, on God. each other. And it's that friendly competition. It's yeah. not that, like, well, that friendly competition's fun. Unless you're like me and – road trip occasionally with uh, a couple of dear friends of mine who are also drivers, race car drivers, 
uh, and very accomplished ones, uh, one in a GT350, one in a GT350R, and me in a 320 horsepower soaking wet uh, 2010 Mustang. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> Trying to chase those two across the state going to an event. Uh, I'm going to leave it right there, but uh, let's just say I was severely outgunned. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. Bitten off more than we can chew. Going. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. I, I, I am guilty of it more than anything because I'll be in the Maserati trying to follow him in the Porsche. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he went into that corner just fine. I, but it, I learned that car, and which, is, which is great. But, like, there have been some times when I've watched him go through corner. I'm like, I can do that. And like, oh, totally. not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. I so, <laughs> so got this. I so got, so got, I'm I don't got this. I don't got this. I don't got this. <laughs> I'm so in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> it turns from, oh, yeah, to, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh. So, yeah. God, I, was, uh, I shared the, the video. Uh, from Friday, uh, I had the great opportunity to drive a friend's, uh, Ben Williams, uh, his recent limited class winning global time attack at the Ridge, Honda S2000 turbo mm-hmm. oh. with arrow. Okay. That's exactly what that car needs, actually. The, oh, it is yeah. a very capable little monster, and, and anybody who tracks at the Ridge knows this car. And I got the great honor of being able to drive it on Friday on a very hot afternoon, late in the afternoon, after an entire track day. Uh, Very slick, uh, very foreign to me, being very used to large American V8s, uh, uh, having him sit next to me going, what are you doing? It goes to nine. Yeah. Take it to nine. I'm like, what, what, what? I'm 5,000, I'm reaching for the handle, you know. (laughs) You touch that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, trying, to, to nine. trying to figure out, literally, that yeah. was a oh, quote yeah. oh, from yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, uh, trying to find the, uh, the grip limit, uh, both under braking and under cornering. And the car behaves a little different than I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, Very tight little chassis. Yes. Uh, and so that. you're, you know, entering, say, the, the carousel at the ridge or, or coming into the thumb at the ridge. Uh, it... it was interesting at times. <laughs> there, I wouldn't say anything that was uh, panic-worthy, but it definitely got our attention a couple of times. Uh, yeah, you leave that car high in the R's, so the turbo is just constantly spooled, and, and it, it just goes. He drove an S2000 through Montana in the middle of winter. I did. In mm. January, I brought it home from... Uh, <laughs> Where's that? St. Louis. I think that's dumber than being on a racetrack with it. Snow tires on it. It was fine. (laughs) I thought it was crazy, but it was fine with snow tires. It takes a lot when a cowboy in the middle of Montana looks and goes, you're crazy. (laughs) That's a guy that jumps on animals that try to run away from me. (laughs) See, I'm one of those idiots that would drive the Miata in the snow with the top down over the pass. Oh, okay. I mean, I see that. One of those jacks. You've got to let your hair blow in the wind. (laughs) My what? (laughs) You're wearing a hat, I assumed. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so uh, there... <laughs> it's always something different when you get in a different car. Yeah. It's always Do you have a, a favorite challenge. that you've driven? Like one that really, really jumps out at you? It says this was an experience or just a couple? <sighs> the FR, the FR500S yeah. has, has got to be one of my favorites. The The most surprising, I mean, that it's just a fabulous piece of engineering. I mean, Ford did it right. Why every Mustang isn't engineered like that, I don't know. But they're just fantastic race cars. Um, Great at jumping curbs, I'll tell you that. What? <laughs> Very much. Well, even on the racetrack, they're great at that, too, when they handle it with a plum. Apparently, they're good uh, at driving backwards, too. <laughs> Got it. Exactly. Uh, the one that really surprised me the most, being a traditional Mustang owner, uh, was the first time I got in the GT350. 
the new one. Oh, it was yeah. phenomenal. It just was mind blowing at that time. I mean, this is what 2015. Yeah. Um, Love that car. Jumping yeah. out of you know a typical stick axle, you know yeah, 350 or 400 upgrades. horsepower yeah. Mustang, and jumping in that and going into the carousel and carrying that kind of grip in what they were calling a Mustang. I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't it. <laughs> yeah. It was mind blowing. Uh, yeah. So that that was absolutely fantastic uh a lot of the the cars you know unlike this gorgeous showroom out here i i don't get the opportunity to drive a lot of exotics i get the chance to drive a lot of well-engineered very interesting creations (laughs) that's actually probably more exciting good or bad can be exactly uh but i think you have to have an exotic like Dan's yeah. Corvette proved to me that you can have everything you want in a car and beat exotic cars for much less price. Well, that's this uh, that's this S2000, yeah. uh, Ben's yeah. S2000. So uh, I think your audience is familiar with Dundon Motorsports down at Gig Harbor. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie, Bob, I do a lot of work with them mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their apparel and, and their graphic design stuff. Uh, but Jamie has this beautiful GT3 RS uh, that he calls Lab Rat. And he and Ben go out and share lap times with each other. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. A, a fairly, you know, S2000, good, really nice performance car. Pretty amazing little performer in stock condition, but in Ben's condition, it is a supercar. Yeah, oh, <laughs> a future collector for sure, too. I, those, those didn't come with turbos, did they? No, no. they were all naturally aspirated. And they're pretty good, 240 horse, but no torque. Inline four? Yeah, six. Two four. four. Yeah, inline four. Little okay. tiny one, all behind the front uh, the front towers. So did it have it's way back. Yep. It did. Oh. It set it right on the valve cover. Yep. And it, you could feel it when it kicked on. It was yep. a really great little design. This one's 485 horsepower. Yeah, that's enough. To the wheel? That's fun. Yeah. It was a challenge. Well, and one of the best <laughs> transmissions you'll ever drive. It's oh. just like, yep. right for the factory, needs nothing. Just fantastic little package. It's interesting. It's one of, the, yeah. one of the only cars I've ever had that I really regret selling because it was just so much fun. Yeah. And I was into it for nothing. Yeah. Like, That's I made more. I made money when I sold it. Even after taxes, I made like three grand on the car. <laughs> and so it was one of those things where like I just sold it because I wasn't driving it enough, and it was like a third car. Yeah, Carl, show me photos. <laughs> ah, yeah. So oh, anyway. that looks fun. Oh, you spent yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a wow. beauty. I've seen. I've seen the car. Yeah, I know exactly which one he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. it's set up right. <laughs> anyway, um, let's. It's time for our next break. Let's take a quick break, and we'll sure. be right back. We spend an average of eight hours and forty-one minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. And we're back. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is your obsession with stickers and doing helmets, and you put all these stickers on the helmets. <laughs> yeah. um, so how do you, I mean, you know, so you, have, you, sti- find you have the stickers made by somebody else, and then you just sort of eyeball it from, it looks like. Absolutely. Also, you've been yeah. blind for a while, it looks like. Um, so, um, yeah, everything I do on the helmets is stickers. If you, yeah, it's just <laughs> that's nothing but stickers. We know the names are. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I will give you so that. No. You, when, when this comes out, you're going to see a picture of a beautiful helmet that he did for a friend of his. And we were giving him crap because he painted this beautiful on carbon fiber. And he's, it's and gorgeous. I'm, and Dan looks at me and goes, is, is any of that stickers? He's like, yeah, just the name. I'm like, oh, you don't get any credit now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so your All artistic your side, you're taking these helmets that are, that are mm-hmm. bare canvases and mm-hmm. you're kind of getting to create... Are, when someone gives you a helmet, are you the person that says, I'm going to do this, I'm, I know you, I'm going to create it for you, or does somebody come to you with a 
an idea? It depends, and I'll leave it to the customer. Fair enough. So in general, uh, some people have exactly what they want, and they can show you a picture of what they want. And I will gladly say I'm not doing that. That's because Troy <laughs> Lee has done too many crappy things in the world. Okay. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, oh, did I no say that comment. a lot? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, generally, I don't do anything anybody else has done. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my starting point. So everything I do, I want it to be original. I don't want it to be a knockoff to somebody else's style. Whatever. I was going to get a butterfly in the back, though. <laughs> it, it'll, be, it'll be a mad butterfly. It'll be the <laughs> best <laughs> butterfly you've ever yeah, seen. Exactly. Um, but no. Uh, Some butter and a fly coming right up. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Bam. That's uh, a great tramp stamp. I know. Right? <laughs> a, a pat of butter with a butter. That's a exactly right. Just I got right a butterfly on, on my tramp stamp. That'd be fucking great. Nailed okay, it. Yeah. Nailed it right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, if they say I want a freaking butterfly on my helmet, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to come up with three designs for the most, you know, what I would consider the most badass butterfly I can, you know, come up with. Yeah. Or a theme or a scheme or a, you know, thematic or whatever it is. But most often I'll, I'll have them, you know, get some designs together. Tell me why you like it. I'll go ahead and do, you know, variations on that theme. You pick one, we can meld them together, do whatever. And usually uh, by the time we are done with one or two, you know, revs of the design, uh, they are happy as a clam. And so I will go off and have, having just recently built myself a dedicated spray booth in the, the back of the Congratulations. shop. Congratulations. Nice. That yeah. was a big step. Yeah. Um, I know it's a cheap one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The lucky thing is, is I can do all my own work. And yeah. so built it all myself with the surface of the sun LED lighting and the negative air and filtered air and everything else. Yeah. yeah it's, it's one of those things, the booth you walk in and you look at the floor first when you hit the lights because it's going to blind you. Yep. Uh, but uh, so I, I just did that to, to really kind of say, you know, this is going to be a thing. It had been kind of a maybe this will be a thing. Maybe it won't for quite a while, uh, probably three, four years now. It's and a thing. It's a thing. It's a and thing. yeah, it, so I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> we were laughing because I was looking at your personal helmet here, and the first thing I saw is like one little. And you, if you look at a race car helmet, I've always been there. Mm-hmm. You got to look for the roll bar nick. Yep. Because somebody who's actually driving, it doesn't matter how pretty the helmet is, yep. there's always a nick there where they hit, 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 hit the roll bar. So. And yeah. I, I got mine. Yep. I, I didn't have it the first couple races <laughs> yeah. of the year, but I got, got mine yeah. this last weekend. You yeah. earned your hard knocks. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's incredible what what you have created out of nothing. I mean, both of these helmets being so different. Very patterns, very different. But I mean, yep. like you know, I'm I'm assuming on the back of Eric is it Eric? Or yep, that's Eric's helmet. It, what is the crest on the back? So that is his family crest. Oh, cool. Okay. And I will butcher Eric's name. It is either Blah, Bloy, Blee, Blee. Uh, Eric is <laughs> a a soldier in Afghanistan right now. Uh, and he thank you for ha- your service, Eric. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I love. Uh, I've actually done uh, three veteran helmets this year. And love working with veterans and uh, do a nice veterans discount. Sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, Eric wanted his crest, and I cool. can't pronounce the, the graphical symbol that is part of his name uh, sequence that is actually on the front of the helmet. But those were the two elements that he wanted incorporated into his helmet design. And so I went off and did uh, three or four different designs, and this is the one he chose. And cool. so I had uh, a mutual friend of ours, who uh, Ronnie Swires, uh, who works with Zamp Helmets, uh, go ahead and ship me his new helmet and got it painted up for him. And it is sitting on the shelf in my studio, just waiting for him to get back from Afghanistan. He's going to be very pleased when he sees it. I person. hope so. That's I hope beautiful. so. What's the turnaround? How long does it usually take you to make something like that? About two weeks. Two we- That's pretty good. 
That's really good. I mean, when you consider the amount of layering and paint yep. and, and skill and stickers, uh, it, you know. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> just so we're clear, the one thing on this side of this helmet is the gentleman's name yep. and an American flag. Yep. Which if would take you. It's easier just to it's, it's yeah, better. Let's just say it's more effective. It's yes. more effective. It's more a, a little vinyl yeah. in that one specific oh, no, purpose. No. You can't yes. tell, the, but it yeah. looks like it's not. Yeah. It's painted there. That's why yeah. you've got to awesome. give them crap. So. No, it, yeah. it depends on the design. And if it, I will absolutely do it in paint. can absolutely do the names in paint. I can do the, the whole thing, the Troy Lee, yeah, with no, the, no. the gradient on the name, uh, yeah. with the big you know outline and everything. Yeah. This is a much more effective use of the customer's dollar sure. to, to work with this way. But that's my opinion. Uh, that's the way I like to work. Uh, but, yeah, everything is unique. Uh, it really depends on what the user – or what the user. Yeah. My sophomore day, <laughs> software no, days I mean, were coming yeah, back yeah, in. Exactly. Um, what the customer is looking for, what their, you know, really wants are. Uh, and then, you know, the, the I think the biggest thing that I bring to the table is there are enough people doing the high-end helmets for the, the professional drivers and, you know, the IMSA and the F1 and those guys – there are enough people serving that niche. When I first got back into racing, I had a crappy hand-me-down eBay helmet that From the I didn't know if I would, yeah, yeah, I didn't know if I was going to stay in racing, and so I'm looking just give me something that protects my head. So I guy found one on eBay. It turned out to be a hand-me-down lemons helmet. It was beat to crap. Sure, it smelled good. Oh, it was fantastic, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the problem was it looked like crap and I'm a visual artist and I'm getting in the car and I'm just like, I can't get in the car looking like this. <laughs> so, okay. I worked my way through high school and college. Cobbler's kid. Has oh, passed, totally. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I worked my way through high school and college as a commercial painter. I figure I can harken back to those skills a little bit, get me some tape out and <laughs> we'll get a couple of rattle cans and we'll figure something out. Well, That's where it starts. Turned out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that led to a friend of mine going, "Hey, just put some color on mine. Just, I just want you know, a couple hey, of stripes since and you're some doing orange. This, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be professional about it. So, fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to get that fancy frog edge tape. So, yeah, this is damn look right, good. it's tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that led to another one. I posted it on Facebook, and that sure. led to a, a good friend now uh, in California saying, "Hey, what can you do?" And another, and another, and. Yeah. And I mean, and we're going to get all this stuff at the, in the blog and stuff like that. But if people wanted a helmet done by you, they can contact you through mcmotorsportsdesign.com. Okay. All right, that, and like I said, we're going to have that in the in all of our description. But it's just your photography, and I know we haven't touched a ton on it, but it's just <laughs> it's incredible. You're sitting yeah. there looking I mean, at you it. Some I, to my back, it's like yeah, yeah, I'm looking through you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do. It's I mean, okay. you know, the sunset's coming down over your art and over the helmets. Uh, so it's this very is very poetic. Good, yeah. Seen, yeah. yeah, Carl could never do anything like that. No. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> just right under. the No, bus. I just mean he doesn't have the stands to make it. Oh, that's true. Exactly. To make it stand up like that. He has a yeah. hard time getting yeah. it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, the, the photography is, is something that has been an absolute joy to build that skill. And you um, have. Like I said, you started from just having a basic camera and figuring out having an artistic eye. Yeah, I, I had a vision for what I wanted it to be. Yeah. And it just took me working on the craft. I mean, working and working and working on the craft. Lots of YouTube University stuff when I started out. How are the, How is this guy doing that? Figured out that all these uh, YouTube posts and, and Facebook 
seminars that all they're doing is concentrating on settings mean absolute jack squat. <laughs> um, if you are trying to capture a particular thing, you have to figure out how to do it yourself. You're never going to walk trackside and have somebody else tell you what the settings are for that speed of that car in that moment in those lighting conditions. You're never going to get that. I can get you in the ballpark. In fact, I did that when I was driving Ben's car and handed my camera to a friend's wife and said, just shoot right here. Just set it all up. It's a point and shoot. They're easy. <laughs> Hand yeah. her this dynamic, yeah. or the ginormous. I like that. I like dynamic. I'm making up words Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. This ginormous rig and handed it to her and she's like, what do I do? Uh, just push the button. Push okay. the button. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I've got I put my phone to auto and I sit there and I'm like, Thank you, Google. And it looks as if you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you set your photo, your phone to auto, and yeah, right, nice. But yeah, so the the interesting thing is, or I guess it's the least interesting thing I do is is when I'm at a track that I'm familiar with. If I'm in a corner, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. I know the shot that I'm looking for. I generally know based on where the sun is during the day. You know. Uh, the speed of the cars, I generally know I'm right in the ballpark. I can walk there just doing it by feel and set the camera up, pull it up, and I'll I'll be right in the ballpark. The fun thing is, is when I go out on track with someone like Carl, who is just there to create art. And that's that's the only reason he's there. Every Dr. Frankenstein needs their Igor. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so I'm I'm kind of, you know... I'm doing what I do, and, and there is a thing that I do when I'm at the track for my typical events. Uh, that does change when I'm doing, you know, somewhere where I don't have a client, and I don't necessarily have an endpoint for, you know, when I'm shooting it. And so I have the freedom to just, I can do art. Be you guys, yeah. And Take then, the photos, yeah. And then Carl and I, you know, we'll sit in a corner and go, what are you shooting? I'm doing this. Oh, good idea. What do you think about that? Oh, that's cool. You should, yeah, absolutely. You guys, are you guys stealing each other's ideas? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, it's, you do it, then I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you do on that one? How'd you do? Yeah. Ooh, yours is pretty. Yeah, I want to make mine like that. Exactly. Copy, paste. <laughs> yeah. Insert signature. Done. Yeah, so that's right. There you go. Yeah. Bam. Uh, yeah. So it's it's always interesting to kind of shake it up and do events that you wouldn't normally do. I did the Global Time Attack this year. Uh, not one of my normal events. Uh, really didn't have a client in mind. Uh, just really liked the idea of the format and just go nuts with it and see what I can find that, I mean, a track that I know like the back of my hand. Don't shoot anything I normally shoot. Sure. Just shoot everything else. Walk around the backside. Go out in the woods, way out in the field where they just cleared a whole bunch of stuff. Shoot from a stump. I don't, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, stump shots are the, the new in. Everybody knows that. It actually turned out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who needs a tripod when you have a stump? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I shot both audio or both still and video from the stump. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> cool. well, there you go. Uh, I mean, so uh, again, like your helmets, like obviously mm-hmm. all this can be found if, if somebody wanted to hire you or bring you to a track day at, at MC Motorsports, correct? MC Motorsports design. Design. Oh, yeah. I forgot yep. the design part. Yeah. It's yeah. not on the Un- shirts, is it? Unfortunately, no. oh, look, oh, look, it is. The website is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's some good marketing. Yeah. Well, we to uh, kick the table. That sounds ah. like it hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching. I'm laughing. I paid, at I paid for that one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it says it. Nice shirt. Got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Guests get violent. <laughs> so the the original name was Meyer Creative, and I'd had that kind of moniker for decades. Mm-hmm. And I'd had this mark 
this little MC lockup that I just really like. And for some reason, it's just so simple. Uh, and I had that, and Meyer Creative, nobody, uh, my name is spelled M Y H R E. Nobody's going to guess that, and everybody's going to pronounce it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so tra- trying to tell people, hey, <laughs> um, yeah. you can go to MeyerCreative.com, no chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. so I uh, was looking to rebrand earlier this year uh, and wanted to keep the MC in some capacity and mid-corner and all that kind of, you know, just trying to put names together that can incorporate the MC. And nothing stuck. And so just... It works. MC Motorsports Design came about. The problem is there are probably 30 MC Motorsports around the world. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah so no MC Motorsports is, Design. That's true. Yeah. So go. we so, are the tiny little niche version. Okay. <laughs> what advice would you give to somebody just starting out since you've had quite the path to get where you're at? Do your vision. Do your vision. Do you. Do you don't do anybody else. Um my story would be I, when I first started out, you know, I was, of course, looking at everybody online, Instagram, mm-hmm. car magazines, whatever it was. I was always looking at somebody else's work um, and had the, the fun opportunity through Canon to shoot with, like, the, the legend Larry Chen down in oh, at, yeah. the, at the Thermal Club. Very famous. Um, through one of Canon's events, and I was a, still a noob back then. But my intent going there was to learn how to, you know, learn how to shoot like Larry Chen. And what I figured out when I was there, like most great artists, they do what they do, and it's so easy to them, they don't know how to teach it. Yeah. Like, it just... It's secondhand. It comes out of the pores. It's just, it's in their being. And so, can't everybody shoot like this? But of course. (laughs) Should be able to. It's like race car drivers. Can't everybody run, you know, do that? Uh, And and what that kind of taught me was, well, not going to be copying Larry because Larry's doing Larry. I just do me. And I've, I've got a vision in my head for what I want to see at the track and what I want to capture. And I think the, the magic, you know, special sauce of what I do is that I'm a driver as well. And so when I'm standing trackside, I know exactly what I want to see in the chassis of the car. I know exactly the movement I want to see. I want to, I want to see the speed and capture the moment effectively for what's actually going on. Like if a race driver looks at that picture, they're going to go, oh, he's loaded up. That's good. Um, well, or You jokingly told us that some of your photos, people have looked at the photos and gone back to their, me- their mechanics and mm-hmm. gone, fix that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, Too much roll. Yeah, the, yep. the chassis is all loaded up. Or uh, my favorites are obviously the uh, stock chassis NA Miatas. <laughs> Oh, baby, there's chassis dynamics. Even the NDs to this day are just chassis dynamics for miles. Uh, You know, the six, eight inches between the top of the wheel well and the top of the wheel. (laughs) You know, it's just fantastic. And and just recently, uh, a friend had a whole bunch of chassis work done by AR uh, Motorsports down in Portland. Uh, And it was essentially to cure that. Sure. Yeah. But I had, I, it's I a good absolutely. visual representation of it though. It's, Makes it sense. absolutely shows what's going on with that car. Sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of somebody who saw something and wanted to do it their own way, uh, Avant, Adam. <laughs> that led in, I was going to say. That yeah. was smooth. I, I, had, to, I had to I mean, move it over there. It was good. I had good. to move yeah, it over there. Like, uh, well, you know, you talk to some people about car clubs and the first thing where he does usually is cringe. 
Uh, you don't get that with an Avance. I know you're an Avance member as well. Um, and a photographer for Avance. Yeah, a photographer for Advance. Where everybody in this room is an Avance member. Thank God somebody is. Carl was just screwing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you don't know, Carl is here. He's taking He's just graciously taking the abuse. Yeah. 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 Uh, they have some cool events coming up. Mercer Island, Cruise the Loop and Drive. They're headed down to Griot's after that. That's July 11th from 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, and then after that, we talked about it on the last episode, July 15th. Avance and Stu's Garage DIY Training Series Exhaust Mods, which uh, you have to do yourself yeah. most of the time. Um, yeah. There's more stuff coming up after that. I'll just leave it there for now because we'll have another episode before then. Yeah. But uh, that's awesome. And don't forget, as of last week, Avance is now a partner with Park Place. Go get your free wash if your last name, your car color, P- you're not Nick, P- has a P in it. Nick is excluded in every way. Yeah. Nick Pergeron. Driving a... Paserati. <laughs> it's purplish. Purplish, yeah. <laughs> purplish blue, yeah. Yeah, so that's an awesome uh, member benefit, of course. Yeah. So, Which I need to go take advantage of because my need, my car needs a professional wash. Oh, that's right. Dan Putnam can get that. In <laughs> <my> <laughs> yeah, Porsche. Right. So, yeah, and your Porsche. Ooh, that's, that's double. That's double. Yeah. I, mean, sorry. I should get double free ones. Well, um, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. Um, and you've been taking our abuse. We <laughs> like-minded people here, especially well, abusing thank Carl. So that was the fun part, you know, yeah. group-minded. So, so I've... Yeah, if you want to see more, Kirk, uh, it's yeah. uh, mcmotorsportsdesign.com. Yeah. So uh, for this episode of Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.